Imagine that you are the founder and CEO of the world's largest hedge fund, managing more than $160 billion and employing more than 1,700 people in your business. Not only are you one of the wealthiest people in the world, you are considered one of the most influential people in finance. When you talk, people across the world listen. One day, ensconced in your ornate office, you receive an email from one of your employees about a meeting you both attended. He's a mid-level manager in your firm, and under the subject line, Feedback on Meeting, he wrote you the following. Quote, You deserve a D-minus for your performance in the meeting. You did not prepare at all because there's no way you could have been that disorganized. In the future, I slash we would ask you to take some time and prepare. And maybe even I should come up and start talking to you to get you warmed up or something. But we can't let this happen again. End quote. How would you have responded if you were the CEO getting this email from a mid-level manager in your business? If you're Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Associates, you would probably share it with all 1,700 of your employees. As he later said in a TED Talk, quote, Isn't that great? It's great because I need feedback like that. And it's great because if I don't let Jim, the sender of the email, and people like Jim express their points of view, our relationship wouldn't be the same, end quote. You see, the ethos of Bridgewater revolves around a concept of radical transparency, where honesty, no matter how brutal, creates a better work environment where the best ideas are shared and debated. But there's another aspect of Bridgewater's culture that is fascinating. If everyone states their opinion, how do you know which opinions matter? If you created a culture where honest feedback is not only encouraged, but required of everyone who works there, how do you filter those opinions so that the best ideas can be discerned from those that are less consequential? Welcome to Thinker's Manifesto, a podcast series that will help you think better. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. Episode 6, Filtering Fools. Have you ever wondered how an idea goes from thought to reality? I mean, we all have thoughts and ideas, but most of the time they never make it past our brain or some scribbles on a piece of paper. For an idea to become real, it must be shared with others. But there are actually two types of sharing we engage in, collaborative sharing and announcement sharing. The first type of sharing, collaborative, is the most important stage of the thinking process. Numerous studies have shown that incorporating a collaborative feedback loop into your thinking process can dramatically improve your ideas if you get the right type of feedback from the right type of people. Let's take some time to consider that last point. Asking for people's opinions on your thoughts requires more than just asking anyone who is willing to listen to you. For feedback to be constructive, whom and how you ask matters a lot. Let's return to that story about Ray Dalio and Bridgewater. 
At Bridgewater, feedback and opinions are actively encouraged and required. But just because someone has an opinion or idea doesn't necessarily make it a better opinion than others. So Bridgewater developed a pretty clever way to help it filter out ideas. It developed a ranking system that evaluates people's opinions in real time. Here's how it works. During a meeting, as someone is talking, everyone in the room can immediately rank that person's opinion on their tablet or laptop computer. And those rankings are shared in real time with everyone in the company. Talk about radical transparency. In essence, every interaction you have with someone at Bridgewater or every idea you have proposed is recorded and shared with everyone. And the reason they do this is so they can filter ideas based on the believability of different people. Believability? How do you determine that? While Bridgewater has its own set of criteria, there is a way that you can use to find the right people to collaborate with and filter their opinions and ideas. It all starts with finding people that have experienced the problem or issue that you are trying to solve with your ideas. So if your idea is about how to find a better way to do monthly accounting, you would be better off asking people with an accounting or financing background versus someone who can't balance their checkbook. You see, it's not just about getting people's opinions. It is about finding people that have experienced similar situations to what you are thinking about. This is actually harder than it seems, especially if you do not have a wide and diverse group of friends and colleagues. But this is where technology can help especially social media groups. And okay, you may be rolling your eyes, but bear with me here. People love sharing their opinions on social media. And in order to filter out the fanatics and fools, you can pose a simple question. Have you ever experienced this, whatever this may be, and what did you do? It's pretty simple. And it actually is a clever way of attracting others while encouraging them to share their experiences. Many social media groups are active hotbeds of discussions around particular topics. By opening the discussion with a question that is designed to seek their opinions, you may find that the topic sparks a lively conversation from others that have faced a similar problem. Facebook groups, LinkedIn discussions, and even Quora and Reddit are all lively places filled with lots of people with lots of opinions. So turn them into your own advantage by asking them their opinion. If you find that your extended personal network is void of people that have experienced the same problem, try asking these online groups for help. But regardless of how you find them, you are only part of the way through the process. The next step is to filter their opinions even further by asking how often they have faced this issue and found success. So let's put this all together. You have thought through a couple of ideas to solve a problem. You reach out and ask colleagues if they have ever experienced the problem, and if so, what did they do? Based on their responses, you follow up with a final question of how often have they encountered the problem and found success from their solution? By asking people to share their experiences and their results, you can create your own filter for believability. Now, that doesn't mean that they have actually helped you yet. Even if you find people that have a high degree of believability, 
you still have to get their input on your idea. So what do you ask them? Well, the worst thing you can ask is, what do you think about my idea? First, most people want to be supportive and tell you they think it's fine or good or great. While this may placate your ego, it doesn't help you in the long run. Instead, what you should be asking are questions around what and how. What am I missing? How would you make it better? The first question helps you consider additional factors, one of the true benefits of getting others involved. The second is leveraging their experience to help you improve your ideas. Now, you may notice that we have not asked them, what would you do? The reason is simple. We are working to refine our ideas by collaborating with others. Our objective isn't to automatically incorporate or implement their ideas. After all, they probably have not thought about the issue as much as you have. Their responses are reactions based on their experiences, but they have not spent the time thinking about the issue creatively and critically like you have. As you go through this collaborative process, make sure you're writing down notes from their feedback. This type of collaboration takes time and a lot of patience. Having a record of their feedback will help you as you think through their comments. You see, as you get this feedback, you will need to restart the whole thinking process over again, incorporating their input as you further refine your ideas. The art of thinking is a continuous process of creativity that leads to critical thinking, that leads to collaboration, and then back again, sometimes over and over and over again. But the result of this loop is that you have refined your ideas to a place where you are comfortable to announce them to others. In the summer of 1776, Richard Henry Lee of Virginia introduced a motion in the Continental Congress of the American Colonies to declare independence from Great Britain. While Thomas Jefferson wrote the initial draft, he shared it with Benjamin Franklin and John Adams to refine the draft into a formal declaration that could be considered by Congress. After several days of debate, those ideas became enshrined forever as the Declaration of Independence, immediately branding everyone who signed it a traitor to the British Empire. So why did they go through the trouble of writing it, knowing that it would potentially lead to their death? By writing down their deliberated thoughts, the American colonies not only articulated their reasons for separation, they also provided inspiration for others to follow in their cause. And not only did it help rally support for the American Revolution within the colonies, it also helped in soliciting support from other countries, especially France, to engage in the war and help the American cause. I share this story as an example of the last stage of the thinking process sharing your ideas with others to inspire action. For an idea to become reality, it needs to be shared with others. And the best way to share an idea is to write it down and distribute it. Thankfully, the internet has made it simple to publish ideas and share them with the world. People act on ideas, especially ones that have been well thought out. And through the process of sharing, you will find others who have a common cause and who find value in what you have thought about. It is through these shared ideas that we can rally others to our aid and start the work needed to turn ideas into action.
thinking is hard work. That is why so many people don't do it well. But you are different. And by following these steps, you are creating a process that you can use over and over again to help turn ideas into reality. On the next episode, I will put all this together, providing you with a simple recap of the entire thinking process we have outlined over the past six episodes. I hope you will tune in. Thanks for listening to Thinker's Manifesto. To learn more and connect with the show, visit thinkersmanifesto.com. If you have any comments, questions, or thoughts about the show, I invite you to email me directly. My email address is sean at thinkersmanifesto.com. And if you are enjoying the show, please consider providing a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening so others will know what to expect. Thank you.